Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a paid media co-podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. Okay, first of all, Thank you so much to everybody who reached out last week to let me know what day of the week would be best for you for the podcast to come out on. I am still in the process of (laughs) making up my mind, Um, but obviously you will be the first to know if and when any of that changes. But anyway, let's talk about what today's episode is about. So today's episode is with Veronica of Socials by V. We have been connected on Instagram for a while. She owns a social media agency out of Cape Cod. And something super, super unique about, you know, this situation and conversation is she primarily works with local clients, which in this day and age, I feel like social media management is pushed so much to be this totally virtual job and you're remote and you can work from anywhere and you can. But I've always said, I feel like some social media managers are missing a huge market by not you know, marketing themselves to their local clients. So when she told me that she primarily works and only works with local clients, I was like, this is so cool. Took the conversation in a completely different direction. But today we're primarily talking about some of the first steps to take when starting your social media management business, obviously always talking about some of the mistakes that we made along the way. We're also going to talk a little bit about attracting your dream clients and just, you know, niching yourself down to appeal to your dream clients. But before you judge me for saying niching down, listen to the episode because it's not what you think it is. If you know me, you know that I'm not a nicher. You know that I'm not somebody to push a niche on somebody because it's not the most important part of figuring out who you want to work with. But yeah, Veronica shares some incredible inspiration. She is amazing at what she does. She has the most beautiful branding. 
on her profile. So you can find everything that she talks about on her Instagram, which is at socials by V. So V as in Veronica, obviously. Um, and then she actually has a program going right now, which is a six week agency builder. So it helps social media managers get more established with their business and kind of skip over that trial and error that you have to, you know, kind of go through if you're figuring everything out on your own. So if that's something that you're interested in, please check her out. If we're not connected, hi, my name is Lex, by the way, I'm your host of the Social Media Survival Guide. And if we're not connected on Instagram, you can find me there at Paige Media Co. And that's P-A-I-G-E. You can find me on TikTok under the same handle. And yeah, I think that's it. Let's get into the episode after a really quick ad, and I will see you and talk to you guys next week. Okay, love you. Enjoy. Hi, Veronica. I'm so happy that you are here. No, so Hi. excited to be here. Very, very excited. I am so excited to dive into everything that we have listed out on our Google Doc right now, because reading through some of your notes that you took, I'm like, we are literally the same person. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit and then we will get into the fun stuff. But yeah, just a little about you, your business and what you do. Yeah, I started my business almost two years ago now. I graduated during the pandemic in 2020. Well, graduated, had to leave college. I was not sure what the next steps were for me. I went to school for international business. I wanted to do medical devices. I liked marketing at the time, but I just applied to whatever jobs I could find. And I wasn't hearing back. Obviously businesses were shutting down. So I had to move home like most people did. And then I worked four jobs until I was finally able to land a job through a family friend. I moved to the city of Boston, like I always wanted to. And then after six months, I was like, I'm so miserable assisting in mortgages. And like, that was not my creative side. It was not fun. So I realized after six months, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Not only was I not making any money, I was just so unhappy, like miserable every single morning to even get into my onto my computer. Mm-hmm. So I knew I loved social media. I had a marketing assistant job part time for like six hours a week, and that was where I had my internship junior year of college. So I knew I loved it. I built their account from like seven thousand followers to thirty thousand followers, and I didn't even know that it was like huge at the time. I mean, I was just posting content and running ambassador programs. And that was super fun. I knew I always liked to do that, but I never knew that you could make a full-time career out of it. I thought that it was hand in hand with marketing, not just social media management. So I ended up starting my social media pages, socials by V to show my portfolio and maybe have like some freelance work on the side while I was still applying to other jobs. And I just ended up getting more local clients from it after I moved home. A lot of people were reaching out to me after seeing my pages on social media and it just kind of all happened that way. And I had to learn everything myself as I went because I, again, did not know that this could be a full-time career for me at that point. I was still working four jobs while I was working on my business and I ended up getting an LLC a couple months later. And then, yeah, everything kind of trickled down from there, but it's been, it's been a journey. I didn't even think that this was something I could ever do. I always say the same thing too. Like when I first started doing this, I didn't know it could be a job. Like I just thought this was something that I enjoyed doing on the side to help people. Like I did not know that it would ever go any farther than nine. I mean, this was a couple years before 2020, but even in 2020, I think it was still like a relatively 
newer thing and so many businesses were being pushed to go online, like whether they wanted to or not. So when you moved back home, where is home for you? It's on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. It's like a little vacation town. Yeah, I love love here in the summer. So yeah, this is home. Originally, I'm from the Ukraine. And then I moved here when I was seven. So I've been here. That's so cool. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of small businesses around here. A lot of women-owned businesses. It's really awesome to work with all my clients here and kind of like, in my community. I always thought it was a hobby too. I'm like, this is going to be just like a little thing for me. And maybe I can just still do it on the side, but I'm so glad that I just took the leap and made it a full-time thing for myself because it's a lot of fun to help in your community. I was going to say, so do you work primarily with local clients? All my clients are local. I love that. Yeah. I've never had any clients that weren't local, but I love the local aspect. Like I get to see them. I get to see their business and see how everything works, meet all the employees and get out of my home for one. Go to my gym client, like to the gym tomorrow. And I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm so excited. Social interaction. Thank God. Yeah. But like, (laughs) wait, so I feel like it's so rare. So my first few clients were also local to Charleston. And right now I only work with two people who are virtual and everybody else in Charleston. So That's super cool because I feel like it's usually pushed as a huge perk of this job that you can do everything online and blah, blah, blah. I feel like so many social media managers are missing a market in in their local businesses because they just are so focused on like, my clients will come from online. I can work online. And it's like, you do work online. You do work your own hours. It's just you go see your clients whenever you want. And like content creation, so much easier easier. that way. Oh my God, it's so much easier. I'm like... (laughs) I was actually on a podcast and we we're talking about this, like how, I don't know how some people do it all virtual. Like you have so to have hard. people go in there maybe and shoot for you, but I'm like such a control freak with mm-hmm. content. I know the plan I'm organized. I know everything yeah. I want to get. And I'm like, I know the exact way to do it. And it's, it would definitely be a process for me to learn mm-hmm. how to navigate the virtual. I mean, I'm sure I could do it. It would be a challenge, I'm sure. fun, but it's a yeah. lot of like, like a lot of it was just in the beginning, me literally just teaching my clients how to be like, place your phone here, angle it here, <laughs> the, set it on time lapse and pretend it's not there. It was just a lot of like getting them in the habit of mm-hmm. recording every and anything. And then trends, I'll just send to them and be like, film right in your camera, you saying this. And then I just edit it into the sound. So it's a lot more streamlined than you think it would be but like it's nothing compared to the local clients like local is where it's at the clients have to be willing to do it too is the yeah, thing it's totally admit to mm-hmm. wanting those things and learning yeah we're like oh you got it like you can do it and it's but- like well, I can't do my job without you somebody just left a comment on one of my tiktoks being like what's your advice for somebody whose client won't communicate or send content and I was like you have to leave them there's literally nothing that will fix that you will never grow with a client like that ever. Right. And you're just going to get so frustrated. You're so frustrated. And it's, it. it's so much. So, okay. So speaking of kind of like getting started and working with local clients, like I get, I love that. It's not very normal. Like everybody, I feel like everybody's usually online. So I love that, but okay. So we're going to talk mostly at least for right now, we're going to guide the direction in kind of getting started. And I know you're doing your program right now. For helping people get starting. So what were some of like the first steps that you took when you did? I know everything. It's always like the pieces just fall into place. Mm-hmm. But what were some of the first like active steps that you took to start making this your full time? 
Well, the first thing I knew I had to do was just create a separate social media account everywhere I was seeing online. They're like, you need a separate account. You can't just do it from your personal, which, so I did that. I created socials by V. I did an Instagram, a Facebook page. I didn't start TikTok until like a couple months ago because it wasn't as big back then. So I was just posting any tips that I could find or learning about the industry and posting about what I was learning, building my website and literally just learning as I went. I didn't have a plan or a guide or anything to follow. I couldn't really find people at the time that I wanted to learn from or spend the money even. It was for sure expensive to start a business. And I didn't even think it would be a business at first. So for me, it was mostly like, I'm going to get on social media, start my pages, showcase some of the work that I had from the job where I was a marketing assistant at, show my experience there, talk about college and just make some fun videos, trending sounds, build a community of other social media managers, learn from other social media managers and just get tips. And I was just taking notes in my notebook on everything that I needed. And then I took some HubSpot and Hootsuite courses that were free. And those helped a little bit. I mean, it was nice to have, but I feel like a lot of them just focused on the marketing aspect of things and not social media, because like we said, I feel like it really blew up in 2020 where social media just became this huge thing and everyone was getting into it. Mm -hmm. So those were like my first steps until I started really being like, okay, a lot of people are reaching out I don't have a contract. I don't know how to run a discovery call. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was just meeting them in person or jumping on a phone call and being like, I guess this is my price. Like that was a thing for me too. That's where we all were. (laughs) Right. Like learning how to navigate a call and pitching myself. Thankfully, like at the time people were just reaching out to me. So I didn't have to pitch myself, but I had to learn that along the way of like, how do you attract? How do you organically reach out to people you want to work with. It was like a whole curve for me. But yeah, it was mostly just showing my portfolio and mm-hmm. getting any work that I could to showcase and getting any reviews that I could to show other people what I was doing. So those were the initial steps. And then everything else just fell under all of that when I figured out what an LLC was and all that fun stuff, taxes and contracts. I was like, I'm five years in and I'm still learning about taxes. So I know, I think we all are. I'm like, thank God for Kent. I know I meet with mine monthly and he'll spend 10 minutes explaining something to me. And I'm like, yep, sounds great. Like, whatever you say. And you're like, what did you say? Like, I literally take notes now. I'm like, oh (laughs) yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's always how it goes too. Obviously we have like, like I have the guide, you have agency builder. Like it's so, I don't know, like looking back, it's like, God, I would have loved for somebody to just be like, do this one thing. It's so hard because I feel like for everybody, like it is going to be a very, very different experience, but there's so many foundational things that no matter which direction you go in if you can get those things down in the beginning you're going to set yourself up for so much more success with so much time and money trying mm-hmm. to figure that out on my own it's like accept the help and take the help like I wish I right. could have because like I wasn't willing to have anyone help me I'm like I can do this on my own yep. like I totally got it and just take the help it's like mm-hmm. no it's no wrong in asking for assistance especially like a new field you have not know nothing about right. like know much just knew how to throw a post up and do some hashtags like I knew how to post on Instagram and that was all I needed so wait so you're in Cape Cod which if I'm not so I'm originally from New York so I'm like kind of familiar with the Northeast but like 
it's kind of small, right? Yeah, it's small, but now everyone is moving here since the oh, pandemic. Yeah. Everyone gets to work from home. So we have literally no houses here. Like the real estate market's insane. I mean, I know it is everywhere, but right now on the weekends, we have 100,000 people here. You leave your house, you don't have service. It's like absurd. Like we cannot even handle this many people. Usually oh, that it's- sounds like Charleston. Like it's so crazy. I'm really excited for the fall. I, I love summer, but I don't love what took me 10 minutes to get somewhere it's now 25 that's exactly how charleston is so because because it's on the smaller side have you connected with or ran into anybody who's like doing the same thing as you no like only in boston which is like an hour and a half from here the city i have made like two connections there for social media managers and i'm sure there's a lot more in boston but here i see like some agencies where it's like your typical like type of agency but not really any that I've run into like doing what I do of course so I'm like kind of upper hand I guess like I'm exploring a new territory that's why I was like it's always so interesting in a smaller area like that you would assume if there were a bunch of other people doing it you would run into them so super cool that you're kind of like trailblazing it there so is that kind of along the lines of what you do teach in your agency builder yeah everything that I had to learn myself and yeah. just fix that I've made. And the biggest thing I'm like, I don't want it to be like, I got success this way. So you will. It's yeah. like the reality. It's like, here are the steps I took and it may work for your business. It may not. But like you said, those foundations mm-hmm. that you need to set, like the systems in place, how to run discovery calls and contracts and welcome packets, all those things are included in the course where, you know, I wish I had those things of navigating a sales call and onboarding a client and how to do your taxes, what's an LLC, like all those things I know now, but back then I didn't know what the steps were like, okay, your first week, you need to do this. And your second week, you should do this, like setting up your accounts, optimizing your accounts, how to attract clients, all of these things that fall into when you're first starting out. I'm just trying to make it easier for other people that were in my situation because I know how hard it is. You feel alone in it because you don't, like, I didn't know anybody that was doing this. So, and no one understood it either. Like you tell people and they're like, okay, you're becoming a social media manager. Like that is not. Everybody thinks you're being an influencer. I'm like, no, it's it's not the same. So it's just kind of like cutting the line of trying to figure it out on your own versus six weeks and you can learn everything about what you actually need and what people don't talk about as a social media manager it's not all fun and posting and you know all the money and yeah working from anywhere it's like takes a lot of work it really does I say it all the time too I'm like have you ever like actually tried to work from the beach because it's not very enjoyable kind of hard (laughs) so go looking back now is there anything specifically that you would have done differently from the beginning or like anything different you know maybe not done differently but wish you knew then what you know now I mean obviously a lot but yeah I wish I had you know a structure to my business of how I was running things I was not organized at all I didn't have contracts in place I didn't have a booking template where people could fill out what they needed with their budgets and how to run a discovery call I mean there's so many things that I didn't know and I just winged it. And I wish I honestly didn't take on every client and set more boundaries because in the beginning, I know it feels that way. Like, oh, I need this client or this client reached out and their budget's so low, but I'm still going to take them on because that was me. I was taking on like $300 a month clients because I just was like, oh, well, it's better than nothing. And it's my portfolio and like power to you. If you want to do that, like for sure, if it works for you, but 
for me, I just feel like I was not valued in Mm -hmm. my business when I was first starting and people didn't really take it seriously or feel like I was worth what I wanted to charge. Mm -hmm. So I would always undersell myself and undervalue myself. And I was just accepting everyone and anyone and people that didn't align with my goals and my business. So I think that's a big one is like, Make sure that you're taking on people who you can genuinely see yourself working with for a long time and that you connect with because it's not worth it for $300 a month, even like $2,000 a month. If we don't connect, like I'm not taking you on. It's just totally worth it anymore. It's not. And well, and the thing too is like in the beginning, like you said, I wish there's a lot of things that I wish I did differently. I wish I didn't undercharge myself for as long as I did, but I'm very thankful for all of that hands-on experience that I did have because even if it was somebody that I ended up afterwards being like, that was the worst experience, I'll never do that again. At least I learned that and I know now I'll never do that again. But like you said, there's also so many pros to it where you're like, I am building my portfolio and I am you know, gonna have these people's testimonial to showcase and stuff like that. So it's always hard drawing that line between like, is this also benefiting me and my portfolio and my business? Or am I just doing this because it's a paying client? Like that's such a weird line to walk sometimes in the beginning. It is. I know it's so weird. Like you obviously want that work and you're so desperate for it because you're like, okay, I'm going to hit the ground running with my business. It's time. And you know, if you got to do what you got to do, if you want to get portfolio work, then go for it. I'm not going to be like, this is the only way, because if we didn't go through those things, we wouldn't have learned. Will we even be here now? knowing all these things, teaching other people what not to do or what to look out for. It's like you were speaking from experience. So I was going to say, it's like, we, we took one for the team so that you guys yeah. have to. <laughs> I made the mistake so that you don't have to. So, okay. So talking about like the beginning always puts me into this, like not PTSD. That makes it sound like really bad, but the time, like I remember having to wake up at 6am just to make sure all of the work that day got done. I was literally working like from the time that I opened my eyes to the time that I went to sleep. And there were a lot of things that went into that. A lot of it being like, I was working with smaller packages, which meant I was working with more people, which meant I was probably doing more work than one person could handle. So in your experience and even now, what are some ways that you kind of avoid that, like, like making sure you're saving the mental space for yourself in your business, avoiding the burnout, anything like that? Thankfully now I can totally relate to where we start because it seems like oh all of a sudden you're gonna be making 8k 10k when you become a social media manager and it's easy but the reality is you work so many hours in the beginning but it's all gonna pay off it's like at a nine to five yes you're working nine to five but you're starting your business you need to put in those hours in the beginning or you're not gonna make it and I was like determined I would wake up at like seven worked all day had four other jobs so I was working at those jobs trying to fit in any other posts I could or posting for clients and then I would be up at like till 10 11 still working and especially when I was getting my LLC that was like the most stressful part of everything there were so many documents and all these little details that you have to submit and it's just a lot and you work so many hours but thankfully now I do have an assistant Mm -hmm. and can kind of handle some tasks to her for my clients and managing their pages. She'll post stories, schedule content, all these things. But 
a lot of people obviously aren't there and they can't delegate tasks to other people or outsource yet. So I definitely, definitely encourage investing in management tools. I have Notion and, you know, QuickBooks is really great too. Sending invoices, anything that you can automate is great. And having to do lists is huge for me because I literally have like ADHD. I can't put <laughs> one thing at a time. I feel like lately it's like I'm doing all these things at once and I start so many things. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I didn't finish anything. I feel so unproductive, mm-hmm. but I started so many things. So for me, it's like, if I don't have a to-do list or times blocked on my calendar, like it is I not. I was going to ask you if you're like a time blocker. Like I'm a oh, big. You have to be. I yeah, have to. My brain's like, wait, you forgot to take the banana bread out of the oven. You're still doing laundry and you never dried those clothes. And I keep doing all these little things to myself and yeah. I'm just not, I'm setting myself up for failure when I do that. So to-do lists are huge for me. I have it like on my other monitor that's there and checking it off is so satisfying. Right. So I just, again, like taking time in your schedule for yourself in the morning, I'm really trying not to go on my phone right away. It's really hard. And just taking like 15, 20 minutes before logging on. And I take breaks pretty often too. Like I literally set timers throughout the day where I'm like, all right, every hour I'll take like 10, 15 minutes off or I'll take my dog on a walk. And like movement is huge too. Cause you can obviously sit on your couch or in your desk on your phone all the time, just like there and feel like you're never getting a rest. So try to do like a workout class or go on a walk. Mm-hmm. And I set timers for when I scroll for inspiration. <laughs> that ends up being like four hours on TikTok. It's like, so I have to set timers for that too. I'm just like a very, I, I need everything to be timed out for me. Mm-hmm. And I need to incorporate social breaks. Otherwise, like you're going to get burnt out. I was going to say like the burnout, like that's not even just like subjected to the beginning. Oh. Like it's now too. If there's a lot of things that I have in place now, that if I didn't do would very much lead to burnout and very, very similar to everything that you just said. Like I live by time blocking. I don't, it, my brain doesn't comprehend how people don't time block, but I'm not saying it's the thing you have to do. It's not the only thing that works, but like my brain, I have to see that chunk of time blocked off for a certain thing or my brain won't register the amount of time that it's going to take to get done. If that makes sense. I work so great under pressure. Like if I know I only have 30 minutes or like an hour, I've always been this way. Like even I think everyone's like a lot of people at least are like, okay, I'm going to save it to the night before and I'm going to bang it out and it comes out to be your best work because I just love that pressure. So time blocking is huge for me because I'm like, okay, I know I only have one hour because after that I have a call with somebody and it's like, if I don't get it done, then I'm going to be stressed out and burned out the next day because I have to add that on on top of what I have to do tomorrow so that is huge for me especially when you're first starting out like you can be all over the place of the things you need to do it's like prioritize your big tasks and the little ones like prioritize those during the day too it's all I feel like it's all about organization and setting yourself up for success otherwise you are going to be like I can't right. do it all. That's a lot. Do you, you, what kind of like organization platforms or tools or anything do you use? Like, yeah, I obviously. use Notion and me and my assistant use that together. And then I'm recently starting HoneyBook mm-hmm. and I have Google Calendar, obviously Google Drive, Google Docs, yeah. all those things. Like all our photos are shared in there. I have the notes app and then I have everything shared with my clients on there. I have a separate work phone, which I didn't get until months into my business when I had like to have on my personal phone. Right. Not a necessity, but right now it very very much is I have like 10,000 photos. So I have each album for my client and, mm-hmm. you know, all the editing apps and all the tools all the things on that phone. So I, it's 
separate. That's what I do too. So I have two separate phones and I actually have two separate Apple IDs. So yes, like I haven't, yeah. Oh my God. Cool. Wait, I never, ever, nobody you else ever to. does. Like, you have to. It's so underrated. I feel like everybody's like, oh, Slack to communicate, email, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, my text messages go right to my computer screen, which means I'm going to see them faster than I would if I had to check my phone every 10 minutes. And my yeah. clients can just text me and it's free. Like it's so underrated. I swear. Yeah. I did it through my iPad for the longest time. Like I just had my iPad and my computer on my work Apple ID and then my personal phone on my personal Apple ID. Yeah, I have two. I'm like, I can't have everything. And especially the photos too. I'm like, oh my God. Meshing my OCD brain will yeah. not handle that. I'm like, I need to find this one photo and I can't, mm-hmm. but all my personal photos would get lost because yeah. there's so many client photos in there. It just all gets so confusing. Mm-hmm. So like, I can do it. Definitely get another. I just got an iPad for like a crazy deal. Somebody was selling it. Wait, book. you got it from Sasha. Didn't you? I, my world has changed. You have no idea. My life is changed. From using it. Like if you, so yes. I use an iPod mini and it's like, I love it. But the look of the new iPod pros, nothing comes close to that. I'm like, I just like the way it looks. Oh, it is so nice. I, I just so want pretty. a stand. I'm like, I can't wait to add another screen to my life. I, li- I always say it looks like I'm in a rocket ship. Like it literally <laughs> like I'm piloting a rocket ship because I have this big curved monitor and then my laptop screen my iPad on a stand my work phone sitting up and then my actual phone on the desk and I'm like my brain is gonna rot out from screen time I should probably see an eye doctor me and my little rocket ship or my google calendar does like a little alert 10 minutes before anything and it'll be on five different screens and I'm like okay get it and just you know I'm the same way curved monitor gaming Mm -hmm. laptop my phone work phone and now I have my I swear I don't say any of this to be like, look at my cool fancy setup, but your workflow and the amount of work that you can do when you do start investing into these pieces of equipment for your business, the double monitor changed my life. Oh, completely changed my life. But I was like, how did I work on a little laptop mouse pad for so long? I'm like a couch. Like that's where I was literally working on a couch. I had to get like the cheapest desk and and then like the cheapest little keyboard and mouse. And I had to like plug everything in and now everything's wireless. It's like, it's not like we just started and have, you know, all these things. It's like, obviously they're all investment. I didn't get this monitor until maybe two months ago. Oh, I'm only like six-ish months in. (laughs) They're investing in all these things because I was just too scared to be like, is this even going to be a forever thing for me? Is it Mm -hmm. just now I'm like, all right, I need to invest. Like I just got a nice camera and I I got podcast mics. So I'm like, I know, wait, I want to talk to you about that. So what's your general plan with that you don't have to like spill all of the if you don't want to but you're coming out with a podcast yes I'm so excited I just got like the little adapter thing for it definitely name to it don't remember it <laughs> he sent me everything to get so I got that but yeah it's gonna be all things social media management entrepreneurship starting yeah. business interviewing other entrepreneurs it doesn't all have to be social media based yeah. but yeah it's gonna be little tips like I do on TikTok just longer form cool. um, yeah, because I love to talk so I feel like it'll be perfect outlet for me to talk and yeah just bring people on like you and do things like this I started doing like being a guest on podcasts and I'm like I love this it's yeah. real and you get to connect with people that you normally wouldn't and it's just nice to build genuine connections and not be like soul to all the time for sure make friends because no nobody I know like around here does what I do so it's really mm-hmm. hard to relate to it 
So it's nice to yeah. chat with other entrepreneurs and social media managers. And just, I love hearing stories about how people start. Yeah. I feel like it all just like falls together for people sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, I just love to hear other people's stories and how they run their business and learn different things from them. Yeah. That's a little sneak preview. Love it. Everything already, but I might just wait for that. <laughs> I was going to ask if you had a name, but also understand that it's not, not the time, not the time. We'll let you hold on to that one. I'll announce her soon. <laughs> you, I was going to say, do you have like a projected timeline? Yeah, I'm hoping first episode will be next week. Everything uh-huh. comes on Thursday where I can connect and play around with it. But yeah, yeah hopefully next week is my first episode. Hey! doing a little launch date, but I'm, I'm never big into launches. I've literally never done a launch. I'm like agency builders. The one thing I'm, I was like, Hey, in a couple of weeks I'm doing this, but yeah, I'm just like, don't want to make a big deal out of it. It's happening. It's a big deal, but it's not a yeah. big deal. But yeah, that's why I was so not adamant makes it sound like there's a whole agenda behind it, but creating this podcast. Yes. I do my episodes by myself where it is more informational and more educational, but I was very stuck on the idea that this is a more of a place where people are just coming to learn from genuine interaction. Like I want people to feel like they're just sitting here having this conversation with us. You know what I mean? That was very much, we're not coming into this and being like, okay, Veronica, let's talk about these three specific things. Like just that's too much for me. Like I do that everywhere else. I'm like, I need the podcast to be natural sitting and talking. Yeah. A podcast that I listened to the other day. Like if you can record a podcast by yourself, just sitting in a room talking, you're a special kind of person. And I was like, nice. I can do that. I can sit in like my wall. I could sit here and talk to my wall forever. So it's a sign that you can start a podcast. So, oh, funny. Well, that's super exciting. So I'm going to keep an eye out for that. I want to talk to you a little bit more about attracting clients specifically, especially now that I know you're doing mostly local. Again, that just kind of like changes it a little bit, but in the beginning, did you just connect with one person and it turned into like word of mouth? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I did not know how to do it in the beginning. I mean, I was watching videos on how to and I was trying to share as many tips as I could and try to make myself look like the expert in the field, like everybody tells you to do. But in the beginning, my first client I actually applied to, I saw it on Instagram, somebody tagged me. They're like, hey, I at this little place for my kids and they're hiring a social media manager. And I was like, oh, awesome. And I was like on their books. It wasn't like I was freelancing. I was completely on their books and doing everything. That was my first client. I was just getting experience. Yeah. And the second one, I actually reached out to also, and I was like, Hey, I saw you were hiring because she was also hiring and posted about it. And we had a discovery call, which was the first discovery call I've ever done. And it went really well. And she's still my client to this day. So that's how I got the first two. And then the other ones, it was kind of just word of mouth because I would tell anyone and everyone what I was doing. I was putting myself out there and I was like telling my lash girl and when I would go get my hair done and just telling literally everyone being like, this is what I'm doing now. And if you know anyone, let me know. But I think the most important thing is definitely just like having that separate social media account, optimizing your social media accounts to attract your ideal clients and really sit down and be like, okay, who do I want to work with? And what businesses do I love? Or I could see myself working for. And then, you know, you can go from there of like putting yourself out there and putting content that would speak directly to them like speak to your clients and what their desires and problems are instead of just 
kind of guessing who can, who can work with me. Like for me, I didn't really have ideal clients at the time when I was starting. I was just like, whoever, like if you want it, I guess I'll work with you. It was, I didn't have all those things set up or even know that I should do those. Right. So I just was like any niche, any business, as long as they reach out to me and I get experience, like that's fine, which you can do. I mean, you don't have to niche down or be like, just have right. an idea. I feel like of who you would enjoy working with. You kind of talked about it for a second at the beginning, but like you, it's all about clicking with the person. And mm-hmm. like, I say it all the time, right? My niche, if it had to be classified is nothing to do with industry. It's nothing to do with what the business is. It's all about the fact that one, me and the business owner who I'm going to be communicating with get along, like we click, but then also one of the only requirements I have for people that I work with is I want you to genuinely believe that your product or service is going to change somebody's life. Like mm-hmm. I, you have to be so diehard hyping up your own product and service and fully believe in it. If you aren't, nobody else is going to be and like you that's the only niching like requirement that I have of somebody that I work with I feel like so many people shove themselves into this box of like I work with real estate agents and by using that specific title you could be not scaring off but you could be you know not appealing to people who are very similar to real estate agents, like mortgage people, you know what I mean? I always use a wedding event or wedding planner example. If you're like, oh, I only work with wedding planners, you you could also work with event planners. So it's just taking out that one specific word and figuring out at the end of the day, it's not that somebody's planning a wedding, it's that they're planning a big celebration. So it's like, say you work with the people that bring the celebrations to life, something like that. I just feel like people shove themselves in this box sometimes and I'm like don't do that no especially when you're first starting out it's like get to know other you know businesses other niches like who knows what you might like best if you don't try it how would you know like I had a mortgage loan officer and I didn't even know I would like you know doing social media right did and then I have a restaurant and a bakery and like if I just put myself in one little box of like I'm only doing restaurants or I'm only doing bakeries it's like I think it's also fun and challenging as a social media manager to be like, all right, you know, I have to reach a whole different audience or right. what is their business goals? Like they're completely different of what their goals are and what they want to do. And they're all small businesses here. I feel like that's what I look for is like small business to support. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it was like all women owned businesses and now it's just all small businesses. So yeah, it's like, don't put yourself in a box of being like, I have to niche down. It's like, just see who you work well with, see if they're actually passionate about their business and work with them. You never, even if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but how would you know, unless you tried it. And you know, if you believe in that business and that service, give it a try. That's what I'm saying. There are some people who are like, I will only work in the wedding industry. I'm very knowledgeable about it. I have experience in it. I'm like, cool. If that's you and you can very confidently place yourself in that category. But like you said in the beginning, I just feel like it's so much pressure because all you hear is niche down, niche down, niche down. At the end of the day, you are your niche. Like you yourself as a person, as your own business owner, the way that you run your business, your brand voice, like your everything is Mm -hmm. your niche you don't have to also put a label on it specifically no because that opens you up to so many opportunities like Mm. you're yourself off to someone being like oh they only do wedding industry what if I want a birthday planned and there I love their work it's like 
Mm-hmm. You want to close yourself off to other amazing opportunities and amazing right. business that you could be working with and making more money. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. You got to shop around a little bit, but it, it, again, it can change. Yeah. So quick. Like looking back when I first started, I worked with somebody who had an Etsy shop was my very, very first client. And then the next one after that was a real estate technically agency. So it was like a bunch of different agents, but they like were under this one agency. And even just going from those two things, so different, but it made me realize between both of them, the similarity between them was that these people were so passionate about what they were doing that it, I didn't even question what industry it was in. I was just like, cool. Like if you guys are this passionate about it, it's easy for me to relay that passion when you have it already for your own business. So yeah, definitely just don't close yourself off. And especially in the beginning. And like when I see people like in their bio, that's like real estate, social media manager, I'm like, get that out of there. Like, <laughs> There's so much out there. That you can be- and it gets you more excited too. Like I yeah. get when I get a new client and it's different than what I've ever done. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be so fun to like build it from the start and see how my work progresses with them and see how their business grows. It's like, I love a challenge and not doing the same thing all the time. As social media managers are very programmed and we do similar things every day that are tasks, but it's nice to have different clients because you can branch out and challenge yourself. And it is exciting when you see a business owner that's like so passionate about what they do. Like, I'm like, I almost cry sometimes hearing how they talk about their business. So much passion and- It's really inspiring. I love that. Okay, so seriously, thank you so much for your time today. I know it's a little bit later in the day. Loved learning a little bit more about your story. We we've been connected on Instagram for a, a while, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know the exact time frame, but I've yeah, been seeing you for a long guest. time. I love that. So but excited you messaged me, like, do you want to be a guest? So- yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, come here. I don't even remember what it, you said something. And I was like, I need you on here. Oh, I was listening <laughs> to one and I was like, oh, I love this one so much. And then you're like, you want to be on? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just out here poaching people in their DMs asking <laughs> if they want to come be a guest on my podcast. Seriously, thank you so much for your time. I want to make sure that we leave everybody with where to find you if you want to leave your handles your website whatever and anybody in the cape cod area if they want to hit you up for some services my instagram is socials by v and i'm on tiktok as well it's social by v without the s still waiting on my trademark to get (laughs) someone takes it i don't know i don't know why somebody has it they don't even post and then if you're interested in learning about social media management i do have the six-week course agency builder we're in week two of it right now but you can still join and you can book a call with me to see if you're the right fit on my profile it's a calendly link and stay tuned for my podcast i guess (laughs) i'm so excited wait before we end it can we talk about how actually annoying that is when the handle you want is taken and you can't have the same ones like across all four you're joking i'm like this is the most frustrating thing ever and i filed for my trademark in december (gasps) and so long so watch out everyone if you're filing for a trademark I always tell everybody I'm like as soon as you decide on a name go get every handle on every social media account I was like I couldn't believe and I didn't start TikTok until like later on so I didn't even notice when I was first doing it because Instagram and nobody had it and oh it's so frustrating like god forbid I have to add that period or underscore in there somewhere like I will link everything to find Veronica in the description of this episode and I can I would love to say you'll be back for a part two very soon so thank you thank you bye girl bye hey it's me again your host Lex 
I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the Social Media Survival Guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at Page Media Coach. Make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me. Again, the quickest way to reach me is going to be at Page Media Co. But make sure you follow at the Social Media Survival Guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.